Heavy hitters, it's that time again. 9 to 11 a.m., two hours of sports talk coming your way here. Mitch, how are we doing, buddy? We are, uh, we're struggling for real with these headphones, but wow. I can see that. Jack Heim bringing the energy to start the show. How about that? That was a powerful one. Hey, thank you, my man. Hey, you know, I'm always, a little, I'm usually a little casual with it. It's early on a Monday morning, but we yeah, got to bring the heat, man. Out the headphones. There we go. He's what a move. Uh, no, but I mean, for such a, uh, you know, not too much going on, right? You you brought the heat for that opener. Good job, dude. Credit to you. He's here when the cameras aren't, okay? He is working in the studio. Like, I don't see him leave. I don't really see anything, but I don't see him leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it this, took us all now, here's a guy. And here's a guy, <laughs> guy. who. Who's you know, always working, man. He, and and he's, he's rallying his teammates, too. He's yelling at the computer, 8 in the morning, and he's yelling at the computer to, to get up and, and get on the front lines of this whole thing. And that that's really dedication right there. So, you know, when he sees a teammate out of line, he doesn't wait for the coaching staff. He doesn't wait for someone else to recognize it. Heim goes after it himself. He's a leader. He's the heart and soul of that locker room at KUR, and, and it really shows on the air. Anyways. I mean, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the high <laughs> praise. Whew. I, I couldn't. I'm blown oh, away, Mitch. You're blessed, right? I'm That's blessed. what the athletes say. You're blessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I want to thank my family for getting me here to this moment. No, but um, for real, uh, we have we have some things to talk about. We're uh, NFL realm, MLB. We are less than ten days away oh. from pitchers and catchers reporting. We are close. You could taste it. You could taste baseball season coming right around the corner. Uh, we have March Madness, of course, on the horizon as well with the regular season. Uh, becoming now into the late weeks of it, only I believe just over thirty days uh, until a selection Sunday. So we we are getting there. Uh, it's a lot of exciting things that are uh, coming up. Uh, more in the I would say not long term, but I don't really know. It's not short term either because it's not like a week away. It's more like a couple weeks away. So we're getting there. Though. We are on the cusp. We're uh, on the cusp. You, you could say of greatness. But uh, the most, you know. Close event that's upcoming, of course, is the Super Bowl. I want to talk about on the cusp <laughs> uh, the, of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Eagles in just are on the cusp. six days. So, Mitch, I know you are ecstatic for that, bro. I, I, I cannot wait. But it's a weird thing. Like, it's so odd because of having the, the Super get, yeah, Bowl win five years ago and the World Series appearance like three months ago. It's like this is like third on on that list you know this is the third most intense championship run I've witnessed um in the last five years and it, it's weird like I'm very excited don't get me wrong and, and there's debate in Philly right now about um which one would mean more whether it was 2017 or this one it's not even close oh 2017 I'm yeah sorry. I it's can't the even first believe Super Bowl people in are debating franchise this one. history yeah that team, what they had to overcome to even get there and win that game against uh, the, with their MVP quarterback going down and against Brady against the and the dynasty yeah so with it's Nick be Foles, right? With with the Philly special, I mean, and so many great moments from that run. Like there were so many highlight plays. The the Phillies this year, not the oh, Eagles. This is I bad. know what you meant. This is bad. The Eagles this year, they are uh, like they're winning, right? But there's not like a play I look back to from the NFC Championship or from the Giants game or really from any game uh, whatsoever. It hasn't been close, which is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, Man, I would have liked for them to win that Dallas game on Christmas. I think that would have been a signature win. And uh, I have a question for you, Mitch. Yeah. yeah. Again, we're going to preface this with we're going to preview all things Super Bowl on the Wednesday show. So yeah. if you came into today expecting that, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, uh, if you will. But uh, it, it, it'll happen on the Wednesday show. You have to wait a little bit longer. But uh, getting back into this discussion, um, I am going to pose the question. If the Eagles, I think regardless of this game, 
do you think this is the most dominant Eagles team that has ever been put together? Hmm. It's a tough question, right? Um, Because I think this team roster-wise up and down is better than the 2017 team. I agree with you, but here's my problem. Two things. One, we've talked all year long about how weak the entire league is, right? We've talked about how, especially the NFC. Especially the NFC. A weak conference. Um, So there hasn't been too much standing in their way. Um... But you still have to go out there and win the game. You do, and they won a franchise record 14 in the regular season, two more so far in the postseason. Um, most sacks in a season by any team of all time. That is dominant. So I would say it's the most dominant defensive line that I've witnessed. Uh, it's definitely, I think as a whole, the defense is the most dominant. The I offense think the D-line is, is also, especially. I, 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 look, when you have a really, really solid yeah, elite-level defensive line, a lot can go from there. It makes the secondary's jobs a lot easier. Yeah. Like, I don't think Marcus Epps is that dominant. I don't think TJ Edwards is dominant. These are good key players that have helped the Eagles this year. I think Slay can be dominant at times. Bradbury can be dominant at times. Even Gardner Johnson can be dominant. But they times. haven't really been tested. Right. There, there hasn't been a huge test. And quite frankly, aside from Kelsey, no receiving threat on this Kansas City team scares me. We'll get into that Wednesday. Do I think it's the most dominant in franchise history, um, it's a tough question. The only other thing that really works against that is uh, when Hertz went out and the team struggled, went zero and two. And yeah, but if you look at that, like if you have Hertz, you could win those but games and yes. probably smoothly. You exactly. beat the Saints with Hertz. I, I, it's not a guarantee, but you could you beat more than likely confidently say that you'll beat the Cowboys too. So but my thing is like. Can I really call them that dominant as a team if one player going out changes so much of that? But uh, Yes, I understand that point. But again, so much of the league is relying on quarterback play, especially now more than ever. I mean, oh, you've always had to have good quarterback play to win. I mean, just look at over the span of time. If you go back, I mean, in the 80s you know, and the early 90s with the 49ers, you had Montana and Steve Young. Those were guys who were Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You win Super Bowls like that. Yeah. You have, you know... Brady, the man, you can go back and look at all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks and how much they won, and you're like, okay, well, that makes sense because those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Those are the best of the best for those eras. So it, you have to have really solid quarterback play to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's really what changed the Eagles this year. I mean, was Hurts good last year? No. He, he was decent. No, he was not. But he's not near this. Now, I pose the question to you now uh, in just a moment. Actually, we do have a message yeah. uh, from the KU Notebook before we get back into our uh, discussion here. Attention, KU community. I Heart KU Week is here. From Monday, February 6th through Friday, February 10th, stop in the McFarland Student Union from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. each day to show love to faculty, staff, family, friends, alumni, donors, and students. Tables will be present featuring gold hearts to fill out, postcards for donors, family, and alumni. Free iHeartKU swag and free hot chocolate. You are going to love everything this week has to offer. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University K. We're heavy hitters here bright and early on this Monday morning here in early February. Mitch, the weather we saw over the weekend was very uh, frightful. The weather outside is frightful. It was. Uh, it's exactly how you, how you would expect winter to feel, but now we're back in what we most have been seeing, uh, you know, up in the mid 40s. Uh, I feel like I think that's what it's going to get up to today. And as of not not right now, I think it's down in the 30s. I believe I haven't really checked. on its way up to 46 but, today. Yeah, exactly. So mid 40s. Yeah. Um, anyway, back into this discussion here. Um, I posed the question. I was going to post a question before the notebook, but I'm going to pose it now. Mm-hmm. In your mind, is Jalen Hurts no. a top five quarterback in the, oh. In the league? Oh, in the oh yes, absolutely. 
Who's better? Who's better? Let's see. Who's better this year? This year in whole? Uh, this year. Mahomes. Is he? Yes. Are you sure? He's going to win the MVP. Are you sure? But is he better? Yes. Right? We said Mahomes yes. is going to win the MVP because oh, Jalen missed those two 100%. Games. Mahomes has done, more with, uh, has done more with less, if you get what I'm saying. More? Yeah. How many wins does he have this year? I think he just has, uh, let's, that's not solely dependent on the quarterback. A large part of it is, yes, I get that. But um, I think Mahomes has more passing yards, and he would have had more passing yards even if Hurts stayed healthy. Um, and I'm just looking at it. Look, if you look at the weapons that both these quarterbacks have, Hurts has the better weapons. Yeah, It's not a discussion. No, it's not a discussion. The Chiefs have the best overall weapon, but the Eagles have the best weapons mm. like as a whole. Just because the Chiefs have the number one doesn't mean it's uh, the complete portfolio. I mean, if you're looking at what the Chiefs' top receiver was Juju, compared to the Eagles' top two were Brown, Smith, and then you throw in Goddard, who's a reliable, is a dependable tight end. You can dump it off to a variety of running backs, Gainwell, Sanders, um, not really Boston Scott on the pass catching side of things, but you know, you have other guys there too. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts has played really well this year. You can't dis- you can't discount that. He hasn't. But when you have the talent that's surrounding him, he's kind of doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with you. It, um, it's, and it's not like he's doing anything special. No. Hertz is a guy who's not an innovator guy. He's not a guy who's getting out of the pocket. He, he's making plays out of nothing. He's well, those a, plays happen every now and then. They happen now and again, but Mahomes is doing those consistently because, A, he has the capability, not that Hertz doesn't, but he's having to do that because that's the offense they run. Mahomes, as you saw last week, he can stay in the pocket and dissect the defense, but his game, his bread and butter, is getting outside of the pocket uh, and making plays by just playing kind of, I wouldn't say hero ball, but he just makes plays that are just like, Every week it feels like we're just like, wow, like that should not have been a completion. Like you should not have gotten something well, quite positive out of that, but they find a way to do it just because that's, that's what he does. So if you're talking about pure talent, uh, and the stats are important to look at too, but Mahomes is better. I don't care what year you break down. Um, I, I'm taking Mahomes over Jalen Hurts. It's it's just I think it's plain and simple for me. He's had it, a better year, but would you say he's better going into the Super Bowl with the uh, leg injury? You think he's hobbled enough to for Hertz to be the better quarterback on the field? We'll see what this he looks Sunday. like. I mean, he was hobbling. He threw for three hundred eighteen yards and a pair of touchdowns. Oh, I'm aware, I'm and aware. no picks. So hobbling or not, Mahomes played incredible. He played very well, but uh, considering he was dealing with a looked like a serious, very a very serious high ankle sprain. So look, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he is the number one quarterback in, in the game. It's not a discussion to me. I'm sorry, I cannot. You can entertain it. You could have a minor debate, but I really don't think it's a a, a I know a point of anyone you could pair him against. And Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. That's it. He is the A number one, top of the list. Where would you put Hurts? Two. Who else is better? This year, two overall. I'm taking. I'm taking Burrow. Don't take Burrow. Hurts is more of a dual threat. He is, but on arm talent, I think Burrow's better. Who says we're just judging these quarterbacks on arm talent? It's not, but I think he's a better. If you, look. The name of the quarterback is throw the ball, right? Not in today's game. The name of the quarterback you have is to, throw yeah, the ball, but look, also you're dynamic. The ball. You need to be dynamic, but I'm just saying, you know, clutch late in the game, is your quarterback going to run you down the field or throw you down the field in a two-minute drill? Burrow didn't do either of them. Not in the uh, AFC Championship. I mean, yes, but again, you have to look at the offensive line play. I know. I'm look, just saying. He you're didn't. telling me, if you put Joe Burrow, Behind the Eagles' offensive line, I don't know what would happen. He's better than Jalen Hurts. I don't. I guarantee that. you that. 
I can guarantee you that. You can guarantee me that? 100%. Look, the Eagles' offensive line uh, it's is very the best good. in football. I agree. I love it. I love watching Jason Kelsey. I love watching uh, Jordan Mailata. I love watching these guys. We've seen it's not a guarantee for success. Josh McCown, or not Josh McCown, um, Gardner Minshew. Josh McCown, wow, that was a few well, years ago. Okay, Gardner well, Minshew did not find success. Gardner Minshew is not a starting caliber quarterback. I'm aware, but I'm just saying. That's just not a good comparison. No, no, no. Listen to my point, though. It's not a guarantee for success. And you have to look at a lot of, I mean, he's Gardner put up 10 points against the Saints. And Jalen's up here putting 30 week in and week out. Putting 30 on back-to-back playoff defenses. Which, by the way, the 49ers was ranked number one. And their quarterbacks don't play defense. And the Eagles still scored 31 points in an NFC championship game. That's impressive. That's impressive. That's more than Mahomes or Burrow's offenses put up against weaker defenses on championship weekend. You also have to take into the... Look, is it impressive? Yes. But there's an asterisk next to that. Why? Because the fact that the Niners didn't have a functioning offense for three quarters of that game, that's why. They still have a defense. Okay, but when your defense is down on the field for 37 minutes of the game and 70 plays, they're going to be gassed. They're going to be a little gassed. Come on, they're the number one defense. I expect them to play better than that. Eagles scored four rushing touchdowns against the number one rush defense. I don't care who you are. When you're out on the field for a majority of the game, you're going to get tired. Especially when the Eagles had the drives they did. I think they had, what, three touchdown drives that were six-plus minutes? Um, You're going to be exhausted. Exhausted. Double-digit plays, six-plus-minute drives. You're out there on the field for a long time. I know. Going in the trenches against these big men. I mean, that's what Do you not give the Eagles credit for sustaining those drives in the first place? For building up the the drives that that eventually tired? Look, you have to give credit where credit is due. But you also have to take into account that it is easier— to bully your way against tired opponents. That's it's an obvious fact. That's why you tire them out. I agree. But when your defense is on the field for more of the game, it's easier to wear them. It's You wear them down quicker. I agree. I agree. I just... Is it impressive? What would, what would have been more respectable for the Eagles to do? J- uh, Jalen Hurts had to do very little to get the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Very little? <laughs> he had to win. In the playoffs. 16 games. In the playoffs. In the play. Oh. 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 Well, because the Giants were trash. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown the ball to beat teams in the playoffs. He hasn't had to do it. Will he have to do it against against Kansas City? I don't know. He's made throws, though, early in the games. He's looked, you know, just on point. The Eagles have run the ball to win the game. That's what they've done. Really? Hurts hasn't had over 200 passing yards in a playoff game. He hasn't needed to. Exactly. I know. I'm just saying, when he's thrown the ball, it's looked fine. I'm not saying he's thrown the ball like, oh, well, he can't throw the ball. I'm just saying, you know, if it comes down to it, will, will they do it? He's shown that he can this year. He's shown he can throw it and run it himself, which he also hasn't had to do. Eagles' run game has been outstanding and dominant. Um, I want to see the Eagles handle if it's close in the fourth quarter. So if the Eagles win by double digits, it's not particularly close. Let's let's say dream scenario, right? The Eagles win by 17 on Sunday, right? Would you still respect the run? Would you still respect the ring, Jack? Yeah, but I'm not saying Jalen Hurts was a key part of the playoff run. You're not... Wow. He isn't. I'm sorry. Even if he has two to three touchdown passes in a 27-10 victory? has had to do what Jimmy Garoppolo did in the Niners run to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Ooh. Game manage. Wow. Do you think Jalen Hurts... I'm sorry. Do you think Jalen Hurts is closer to Garoppolo or Mahomes? 
Mahomes, but I mean, it's I'm not guaranteeing that Hurts is a top three quarterback. Wow. Okay. Why not? What what, what would he have to do for you to be impressed? Because if he here's my problem, Jack. If he doesn't throw the ball. And he, and he game manages whatever, and the Eagles' run offense wins the game on Sunday, you're not going to respect him. No. But if he throws the ball and wins a close game on Sunday, you're going to say, well, he had the better weapons, so of course he won. Like, there's no situation. What does Jalen I will respect have to do? Him. If he throws it, that's fine. And I'm not saying— Really? No, you'll come on, on Monday. I'm not saying throw the run out of the window. You'll come on on Monday, and you'll say, well, you know, in the fourth quarter he found Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown for a combined three touchdowns and—, and you know, Dallas Goddard earlier in the game, it's like he's got the weapons. It's like Mahomes is throwing to, you know. You still got to make the throws. Kadarius Tony over there. You still there. have to make the throws. You <laughs> still, still do have to make the throws. I'm saying if he did that, having the great weapons he does, which credit to Howie Roseman. For that, makes your, that makes your job easier, but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to make the throws. Okay. And I'm not saying Hurts can't make the throws. I want to make that very, very clear. Hurts has shown this year that he can throw the football plenty capably. That's what I'm saying. The whole year he's been playing well. But I'm just saying, look, people who are saying Hurts has got them to the Super Bowl solely on the playoffs, it's wrong. It's wrong. What do you mean? He hasn't had to do anything exceptional to get them to the Super Bowl. No, and, and at I all. think back to, like, I, I, the one moment of concern I have for Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, right, is that, you know, he might be rusty because of one play I look back to, uh, I believe, against the Niners. And A.J. Brown has separation running, uh, running deep down the middle of the field, and Hertz overthrows him, right? And and normally all season that deep ball connection has been working. Just ask the Steelers how that went. AJ Brown caught, you know, three touchdowns, almost four, uh, against them of like all over thirty yards, I think. I mean, Hertz has had a deep ball this season. He you know, he didn't connect on that one. And I know it's just one play. He really hasn't had to throw it much more than that at all. But uh you know, I, I do worry that maybe he hasn't had to do anything, Jack. Believe me, it's it's very present on my mind. I've had a week plus already to think about it. And I lay awake at night, shaking in my bed, wondering if Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. But I think he is. I think he's done exceptionally well all season long. He's proved his worth to this team by, I mean, when he was gone for two games, we saw the results. Did not win a game. Uh, came back. Beat uh, one, uh, well, the game against the Giants, you can just kind of throw out, whatever. And then he, he, you know, captained an offense that just rolled to two playoff victories. Like it or not, those are playoff teams this year, and one of them was the number one ranked defense. All right, well, we will talk about all this and more when we come back from our first break of today's show. Okay, let's go to break. Yeah. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, back here with you on Heavy Hitters, discussing... Well, the uh, quarterback representing the NFC in the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend, Jalen Hurts. Is he a uh, top three quarterback in your mind? I think so. And believe me, that is weird for me to say, Jack. You know why. You've been here along for the ride. I I have not been a Jalen Hurts truther. However, he's brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and I feel out of respect watching his highlights this season. The combination of a deep ball that works, you know, what a concept. Um, you know, being on time, on target with the shorter range uh, passes. Um, his escape ability, his his running ability. I mean, his dissection. You want to talk about dissection of defenses? Um, 
I definitely think that Jalen Hurts has been a top three quarterback this season, and I believe he will outduel Patrick Mahomes to win Super Bowl Fifty Seven. It's just my take on the matter, Jack. It's I mean, just my, look, my Hurts two hundred and seventy-five passing yards in two playoff games total. Okay, it's not impressive, but sixty-nine points total between the two games. Right? What's uh two seventy five divided by seventy that's uh it's about four. So for for, for every four yards Jalen Hurts is thrown, the Eagles get a point. Quite the ratio. <laughs> that's awful. I mean, look, I'm going to read you these stats and tell you if they impress uh, if they impress you. He hasn't had to in the playoffs. I get not not just playoffs. Two games, not just playoffs, not just playoffs. Thirty-seven hundred passing yards this season. Twenty-two passing touchdowns. How many rushing touchdowns? Uh, I don't know if it's total touchdowns or just passing. That's just passing. I guarantee that. Let's look. Building the suspense here. Doing math. Yeah. 35. 35 total touchdowns. It's more than Carson Wentz had. It's not, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't wow me. Okay. Doesn't have to wow you. Because Hurts doesn't. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. If you look at these other top tier <laughs> quarterbacks. They wow you. Yeah, absolutely they do. <laughs> because they bring an elite trait to their game. Mahomes' trait is. Making plays out of what seems to be nothing, getting out of the pocket. And Hurts and doesn't do that? Things. No. He doesn't oh, wow me. You haven't watched the games. You haven't watched the game. He's done that multiple times. Burroughs worked through a horrific offensive line play to get to a Super Bowl run and a conference championship run in back-to-back seasons. Uh, Josh Allen has incredible arm talent, can throw the ball 70 yards down the field, and also truck you as a defender. Hurts trucks people. No, he doesn't. Yes, he... Oh, my... Dude goodness. runs out of bounds all the time. Yes, but I watch him other times when he needs to truck people. He does it when he needs to. By the way, Josh Allen's got the uh, divisional round arm talent right there. That's what he I don't does. care what you say about that. You can call him a <laughs> choker. You can call him all you want. I think he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Ooh, that's a hot take. I think it's... Josh Allen has not been better this year. Over his career, yeah, but not this year, man. And I've loved Josh Allen. He was he was my pick out. Of what the do you AFC. mean you loved Josh Allen? You just called him the Dak Prescott AFC version last week. Oh yeah, that was that was new. That Don't was an up. That was an overreaction. I am switching up. I I love Josh. I, I did love Josh Allen as a quarterback. Now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. He's got a better weapon than uh, Hertz does, and um, Stephon Diggs. It's a very good weapon. Very good. I'd love to have Stephon Diggs. Howie, make a call. I think Justin Herbert could be in that discussion. Jo- what has Justin Herbert done? Tell me, tell me, what's his resume for being better than Jalen Hurts? Um, have you have you watched the man play the game of football? Yeah. He is he is a master class. He can fit it into tight windows. He can do a lot of things that you know other quarterbacks. I mean, can you know? Like the top three I mentioned, he can do all the things. Well, not all the things, but most of the things they could do and more. I mean, it's just, again, Hurts is five for me. He's five. Uh, Herbert's a good athlete, right? Allen's a good athlete. These are all very good athletes, and I think they're very close in their ratings. I think Herbert's probably the weakest of the five. But where do you think Justin Fields is in all this? You think he's top ten? No. No? 
Justin Fields. Look at his playmaking Justin ability. Fields top ten. Do you think he's what top do you ten? Want? You're talking about elusiveness, playmaking ability. Like, look at some. He of the has runs the traits, but he Fields hasn't put has. it all together. Okay. And it's not just. It's not all his fault. It's because he has not a lot around him. Playing on a garbage team. He's doing but, more with less. Well, he's doing less with less, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Justin, guy does not have a lot to work with. No, I'm sorry, Justin. So we'll get you out of there someday. Do you think uh, Fields has more talent than Hurts? You think if you put Fields in this offense for the last three years, it would be better than it is with Jalen Hurts? Tough question. Very tough question. We're asking the tough questions here, Jack. I'm not ready to say that because. I need to see Fields do a little bit more with the arm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's a better he's runner. He's shown the ground game. That he yeah. And honestly, it's a switch it because he really didn't do a whole lot of that in college. He was more yeah. of just a, a guy who just throw it downfield and pick you apart with his arm. It's and he has the running right? capability, yeah. but now he's shown it off more in the NFL level, merely out of necessity, I think. Because I, the defenses are better in the NFL. They they can, you know. Pick, I mean, that, and also if you look at the easier. weapons, yeah, it's the offensive line's bottom five in the league. I mean, he's just yeah. doing anything he can to keep that offense afloat. What do you do if you're the Bears in the offseason? Um, let's see. I have the most cap space in the league. I'm going to be aggressive. I think yeah. now's the time to bulk up. Yep. Use that first pick at a prominent edge rusher. Go out and spend. You would go edge rusher? Yeah, you got it. Got it. Defense. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. You have the first overall pick. I know. I know. You're not taking a quarterback. You're not going to reach for an offensive lineman or skill player. Will Anderson, I think, would be a pretty solid fit. Maybe they go up the middle of Jalen Carter, one of the two SEC guys. What about trade it back? I don't Give know. it to one of the teams that needs a quarterback. See, if you, depending on what you get. Yeah. You have to you know, take in a, you know, all the different packages you can get offered. If you still get a top five first pick, first round pick, and maybe another first round pick, right? Like, I would do that, right? Get an uh, offensive playmaker for Mr. Fields there. Maybe an offensive lineman as well. Yeah. Talk about bulking up, you know. Bears have an interesting offseason ahead. Will they be aggressive or will they sit back and let this rebuild take shape? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have to be aggressive in the rebuild phase. I think they take the I think a good approach would take the Jacksonville approach. Which is? Jacks at cap space. They went out, they got weapons to build around their quarterback, Mm -hmm. upgraded the offensive line with some tactical moves. Look where it got them. Yeah. The playoffs, they won a game. Second round. Beating one Justin Herbert after trailing by 27. Again, I don't think... I'm not placing that game on Justin Herbert. I'm solely not. To be fair, he had a 27-point lead and then never scored again. I mean, if you look at the play calling in that second half, it was <coughs> excuse me, as conservative as you could draw it up. Yeah, I agree. Weird game. Weird game. Can you believe that happened? I mean, again, you're going you're, you're gonna to limit your star quarterback to checkdowns in the second half for the mostly entirety of the second half. It's weird. Considering you were picking them apart going across the middle of the field yeah. in the first half. So when let's do go you, away from When that. do you stop being aggressive in a uh, playoff game? When When is the time where you're like, let's not risk anything? When your opponent's like, done. Which is? You beat them into submission. When they like... You just, would think that's 27 to nothing. No. 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 You wouldn't? I would keep... No. Keep going. Four scores? Pedal to the metal, baby. And seven years ago? Gotta keep it going. <laughs> what if you're up by 27 midway through the third? Nope, not comfortable. End of the third. I'm going to like halfway through quarter four. Wow, I'm I lo- I don't want any chance. I'm not testing anything. Twelve minutes. Don't to put go. A, don't don't put anything to fate. Don't put anything up into the referee's hands, and give your opponents no hope. Twelve minutes to go because in the fourth. I'm the, taking my my starter out. Oh no way! Yeah, it's a playoff game. I am most certainly not taking my starters out unless it's like forty-two to nothing. 
I'm saying if it's 27 nothing, I got a four score lead to with work 12 with. minutes. 12 minutes to go. Is it likely they come back? No, but I'm not chancing anything. I know. Just my thought process. Because the Chargers gave the Jags a little hope, and look what happened. Yeah, that started. Uh, did that start before halftime? They yep. scored their first twenty-seven-seven going into the break. Yeah, yep. And then the, the train fell off the tracks in the second half. Oof. It, it's still mesmerizing. Charger fans, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, do they have fans anymore? Some. <laughs> I wouldn't blame them for stop supporting the team after that. Herbert's but. had weapons, by the way. <clears throat> they have no speed, though. I mean, sorry, they do not have a lot of speed on the Eckler outside. Eckler doesn't have speed? Oh, on the outside. Okay. I get what you're saying. Eckler's still, okay, but he's a guy who's not going to control the game. Still very good weapons. Eckler's a great weapon. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer. But those guys aren't really fast. They don't, they're not game changers. They're not game changers? When do you see Keenan Allen do this? Like, they don't have a guy like a, let's see. I don't know. They just don't make the plays that like guys like I would say even Smith or Brown do. They're mm. very good receivers. Don't get me wrong, but they don't have the skill sets to get into the open field and make. You know, you're not saying they make for a guarantee catches. They do, but you need receivers who, when they get in the open field, they can be guaranteed gone. Mm. I'm not saying that for certain about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Okay. They can be caught. Interesting point. Interesting point. I, I mean, I, there's something to be said for receivers like that that can get you that security that if you throw it anywhere near them, like look at okay, you. like for example, look at the Chiefs and they had Tyree Kill. They were yeah. never out of a game, for the most part. It's true because if you get Hill in the open field, he can run away from 99 percent of the league. Yeah, he is gone. If you get Tyree Kill in open field, it is more often than not a guaranteed touchdown because that dude's got burners. He can fly. AJ Brown more, more often than not, but he's in the open field. Gone. Speaking of Tyree Kill, where's Tua rank on your uh, your quarterback list? How high do you think he gets? <sighs> Fringe top ten. Fringe top ten for Tua. Okay. Was I that? Like a, did he? Uh, where was he at the start of the year for you? How do you? How did you? Middle feel? of the pack. Middle. Okay, so he's kind of come up a little bit. Like that fifteen to seventeen range. So what made him come up this year? When he was healthy, he played really well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about weapons. He had Tyreek Hill, who you just talked about, is like the he's got to still make the throws. Game cha- oh. and everyone was questioning, well, Tua is, 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 is the arm there? I think he proved when he was healthy that I can that he can stick. He can stick. Again, he didn't come in and replace Jalen Hurts in, in college, win the national championship for nothing. Dude's got arm <laughs> talent, and I'm not. That's not a dig at Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it sounded like one. It's, who do you think's better, Jalen Hurts or well, you said Jalen because you had him top yeah. five. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hertz is better. Yes, Hertz is better. That's, Objectively, that's so I don't think, think he's better than those four guys in I don't. that national championship game. You don't think he's better than Herbert? No. Come on. I don't. I'm Oof. sorry. All right. Whole, whole resume here. Whole resume. You can nitpick about this year, and Hertz has been better than I'd say Herbert this year. But if I'm looking at the whole picture, and it's very important to look at that, it is. I'm taking those four guys. Well, when Jalen Hurts puts up 34 in the Super Bowl and the Eagles can Hurts prove me wrong? Absolutely. Trophy. Yeah, he'll he'll prove you wrong. He'll talk about you in his uh, parade speech. Yeah, <laughs> if I get mentioned in Jalen Hurts' parade speech, I'd feel honored because <laughs> I know the message got to Hurts. That. That'd be awesome. That would be. He's use, he's using this as and uh, it would boost show recognition tenfold, dude. We ten? I think like a million. Yeah, <laughs> he would. Uh, he's using it as billboard material, Jack. 
Your face is in the Novacare <laughs> Center. My <laughs> face is in the Eagles locker, and they're saying, this guy, <laughs> this guy right here, some clown, this hater. Hater. Jack Heim told him, this hater. <laughs> you remember the Mike Lombardi quote from Jason Kelsey? Yeah. Some clown named Mike Lombardi told him that he was the worst coaching hire of the offseason. Oh, Doug Peterson. I miss Doug Peterson so bad. Uh, you know it's you know it's gonna be awful. You know it's gonna like make me cry a little bit. What? Two things possibly in the uh, in the parade. If the Eagles win, hearing Nick Sirianni give a speech would just crush my soul a little bit. I think it's so funny. It's so how Not many funny. of the key pieces of the Eagles <laughs> I don't are like players <laughs> players or coaches that Mitch despises. <laughs> Mitch, Nick Sirianni, hater. I can't stand Jalen Hurts, little flower. hater. But this show, this show proves that you show. Th- that you have a little soft spot for Jalen Hurts. I yes, you do. I yes, Jack, you do. Listen, yes, you do. I do because I've been proven wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong. I don't really? know why I said it like that. Really? <laughs> yes. Can you? Contrary to what you know, everyone believes. I can admit when I'm wrong. People, people close. Doesn't to happen like, often, what? folks. It, it does. It does. It happens more often than you think. Uh, when you think about it, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. just that subtle pause. Yeah, but look, I mean, yeah, Sirianni, I don't like uh, Jalen Hurts, I don't like Steve Gannon. Is it Steve? Jonathan. Jonathan. Why do I keep doing that? Who, who is Steve Gannon? <laughs> Over under how many times Mitch calls Jonathan Gannon <laughs> Steve Gannon? It's one every show. I'm one and a half of Maybe. the under because he always says it once. Maybe it's so, it's so comical. Jack, maybe that's why his defense hasn't been changing because I've been yelling at my TV, yelling at Steve. I've been yelling at Steve all year. <laughs> He's going to hear me now, I promise. Jonathan Gannon all right. uh, and Shane Steichen is atrocious. Really? You don't like Steichen I, either? No! Even though they have a top five offense. Yeah, and they have a top five defense. <laughs> I don't like the off coverage, by the way. This is what... All right, all right, so you're saying if the Eagles lose the Super Bowl, fire everybody. I've been on that since uh, since day one, yeah. Fire really? Everybody. Wow. I do not... Bull take. Listen, because... Eagles, that is bulletin board material. They haven't been tested. Right? I agree. We're talking about this. That's huge. What? That, that they haven't been tested. Right, they haven't been tested. And if you come out and the one game you're tested, you're playing off the receivers by seven yards in the Super Bowl? Get out of my face! Get out of my face! Jonathan, I I've hated it since the day he got here. The, the, it's third and eight, and I'm like, well, it's an automatic first down. It's basically third and one. It's basically third and one against Gannon's defense. It's like there's a chance if you fumble the snap, you don't get it. But realistically, you throw it to your tight end coming across the field. He's three yards, you know, past the line of scrimmage. He'll run for the extra six. No problem. End of story. Oh, and we missed a tackle, and now he's in the end zone. I.E. CMC last week. That's exactly, exactly right. That's how my defense has gone for the last, like, three years, two years. Well, we're going to take our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we'll wrap up our NFL discussion, breaking out a couple coordinating uh, coordinator hires that happened over the weekend, and then we will shift focus into a minor MLB discussion to wrap up hour number one on heavy hitters. All that and more coming to you next here on the flip side of this break. Do not go anywhere. And we are back live here on this Monday morning, here February 6th. I love what we were talking about on Wednesday show, the Groundhog. Sush. <laughs> I won the bet. What do I win? <laughs> Great! What do I win? <laughs> Nothing! <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Precisely. You nailed that one right in the head. Get out! You're spoiling me moment! <laughs> money? No. Um, Hello! I like money. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up our NFL discussion here today. Mitch, I know there's something you want to talk there about. We'll save it for a little bit, about. though. Uh, a couple coordinator hires that we have to talk about. Uh, this name should be fun. I uh, hope Please. I really don't butcher this one. But uh, Ajiro Avero. Out as Broncos DC amid outside interest is a headline that I'm seeing here. I really, really hope I did not butcher that name. Uh, sorry if I did. Was he fired? Uh, he had to have walked away. There's no way they yeah. fired their defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I, I mean, he says out as Broncos DC amid outside interest. So I guess he's going. Oh, up. oh, outside interest. Okay, so he, he okay, he's going somewhere. Got you. Yeah, he's going places, Jack. Yes, new Broncos coach. I was going to say on the job two days. Coaching staff. I've greeted the defense coordinator, Ajiro uh, Avero, out of his contract to pursue other jobs. So, he gone. Nice. Uh, but the Cowboys made a hire. They replaced uh, Kellen Moore with uh, Brian Schottenheimer as their new offensive coordinator. I believe that is the son of Marty Schottenheimer. Hmm. Let's look that up. To confirm. Taking it to the computer. To the laptop. And for all you Cowboys fans out there, this will change absolutely yes, nothing. Yes, it is. That's his kid. Nice. Hey, he's born in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Marty Schottenheimer. PA gang. Represent, represent. Anyways, that's awesome. Good stuff. Please tell me Shane Steichen is on your uh, your list here. For what? For offensive coordinators they are going to be moving places. Oh, no. Oh. I don't Please, Colts, take him. I don't want Shane Steichen. Take him. Take well, okay, actually, that, that posed an interesting question. Who would you prefer to leave first? This is the last question I'm going to ask Gannon. for a debate. John Gannon! He did it twice! <laughs> he did it twice! Oh, it was one and a half. If you took the over, it hit. <laughs> Jack finally won a bet. I took the under. I lost. Oh, oh, I thought you took the under. Or, I thought you took the over. No, I took the under because I thought you were only going to say it once, wow. Mitch. You wow. let me down. I'm sorry. Golly. Wow. I'm so sorry. You should be. You know, Jack. You don't even know your own team's defensive coordinator. <laughs> you know, Jack. At least that what? coordinator whose name I, I don't really ever remember is in the Super Bowl, okay? You know what? I don't care. Steve Gannon is going to be a Super Bowl <laughs> champ, <laughs> in my mind. Can we look up who Steve Gannon is? I think we did this last time. He's not <laughs> notable. <laughs> wow! Taking a shot at Steve Gannon. There's probably someone named Steve Gannon out there. And whoever he is just got roasted. Yeah, we figured out he's an author, okay? <laughs> it's okay. Good for you. Hopefully you know, Steve, we appreciate your written works here. Yeah, your literature. Literature. But uh, What if we got Steve Gannon for an interview on Heavy Hitters? That would not apply. Some random guy just started asking him about the Eagles defense. <laughs> so what was your idea with, uh, with Epps here this season? What did you change with that? Um, <laughs> wow. Any other coordinators? No, that's it. Those that's the it. Only two I've, okay. That of uh, have a Mitch, we'll uh, talk about your one thing, and yeah. then we'll move on. So an article from CBS Sports just came out to my phone, and it's talking about Super Bowl 57. To and your the, eye, Mitch. What? I was... Uh, move, go, go. Anyways, go. so it came to my phone uh, via the interwebs, and it ranks the top players in Super Bowl 57. And it ranks the Chiefs as having all the top three, and then the Eagles next, like, 12 or so. Something like that. But the top three for the Chiefs. Actually, who who would you, you – you, it's probably simple, right? You, who would you say it is, Jack? Top three. Well, who do you think the top what? three players in the Super Bowl are? Um, ooh. 
Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. One. Number one. Travis Kelsey. Number two. And ooh. who would you put there? And then who do you think the list put in number three? <sighs> it's got to be an eagle, right? I'm not telling. Okay. It's crazy to me, at least. I'm going to go Jason Kelsey. Ooh. He was number four. Oh, I was close. He was number four. You know who was number three? Chris Jones. Oh, okay. Which I heavily disagree with. Jason Kelsey's better. Hassan Reddick's better. Jalen Hurts is better. In my opinion, than Chris Jones. Why Why is he top three, Jack? Because he had a sack against the Bengals? He's got 14 sacks this year. Hassan Reddick has 18 I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I'm trying to make a case here. Was... Do I agree with it? No. But <laughs> the Eagles have like... Whatever. I think it's ridiculous. What do you think? You think that's a correct rating? Correct. Correct. Um, I don't. I don't know. I like the top two. I don't think. You think Kelsey's second best? I do. Man, he's a, he's an animal, dude. He's very good. He's very eight good. consecutive thousand yard seasons. I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad the dude. Is the spot standard the at the tight end position? Yeah, he, he's the gold standard at the tight end position. Um, I mean, his other his brother though, gold standard at the center. Yeah, position. I mean, I, he was four. I mean, that, that's I think it's a good rank. I don't, would I call Jason Kelsey a top three player in this in like in the game between these two teams? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. I think Hurts is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do we have anyone else? <laughs> I think Reddick deserves that number three. He's a game wrecker, man. He is a game. Based wrecker. on this year, yes, 100. Um, percent He's got to be three. I mean, he's the most impactful player in the Eagles' defense. Yeah, he's he's incredible. He's got to be number three. Uh, I would put Hurts for Kelsey. Five. Like honestly. I don't think the Eagles make the Super Bowl without Hassan Reddick. No, I don't think they do. And honestly, He's I saw incredible. a debate. I saw a debate about this. Who is more valuable to the Eagles this year, AJ Brown or Hassan Reddick? I think it's Hassan Reddick. Um, I think it's AJ Brown. No, dude. Uh, you had three other guys with ten plus. If sacks. you plug and play anyone else outside of Reddick. I don't. That defense isn't I as good as pass rushing wise. He's easier to patchwork around not having. I no, AJ Brown is no. Yes, he's the premier weapon. Receivers on the are much easier replaceable. And I'm not saying Brown's just this run in the mill replaceable piece, but I'm saying that it's much easier to replace a receiver than it is a prominent edge rusher. It is because the receivers are more plentiful. Not good ones. Not elite ones. Good ones are. I would have to see Quez Watkins as my number two receiver in that situation. I don't like the look of that. At all. Who's your backup to Zach Hassan Reddick? Oh, oh, to, to Hassan We have a bunch of D linemen. Not 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 putting up 18 a year. 18 sacks a season. Yeah, no. Just ain't. Oh, they're, they're not, not doing it. They're not at all. They're, they've been very good pieces, both of them. But uh Oh yeah. They, they, that's not the discred- this is not discrediting any of them. They, both of both guys are phenomenal. A few other notes from the uh the list. All of the Eagles offensive linemen uh were in the top twenty six. And I thought you were going to say top 10 for a no, second. I'm like, whoa. Top 26. Uh, Lane Johnson, I believe, was number five or six on the list. Oh, my. Which I thought was too high. And then my Lotta. Too high. My Lotta was number 15. Too high for Mr. Think, for, for Mr. For Mr. Johnson. Yeah, I think Lane Johnson's too high. But, um, and then the Chiefs offensive line, or defensive line, they had uh, Chris Jones, obviously, and then uh, Frank Clark was number 18. And then after that, there there are uh, other pieces, quite uh, not relevant on this list. So it says the uh, the Eagles line play could be uh, or should be what what wins them the game if 
that's uh, how it goes. If they win the game, it's because of line play. Uh, it believes the playmakers are far and away better for the Chiefs. What? Yeah, it has playmakers been. are far and away better for the Chiefs. It's talk, it, talk, it gives the edge in playmakers to the Chiefs. I believe I read that. Let me cross-check that while you're uh, reading your notebook. That's ridiculous if that's true. Uh, yes, Mitch did did get a little spoiler. A quick message for the KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. A study abroad program to Spain and Morocco will be held from May 15th to May 25th, 2023. The course that will be offered during this time <laughs> is Ant slash Soch 213 World Religions. 90% of students saying say that studying abroad is valuable to their education as a whole. So please consider taking this valuable journey. For questions, please email Dr. Shively at shively at kutztown.edu. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. We are back, wrapping up hour number one. We're going to shift our focus here uh, into MLB discussion. But Mitch, did it say playmakers are so far and way better for the Chiefs? It was the last thing I read. It says uh, the Eagles front uh, should give them an advantage in this game. However, we know that stars balance it out. So the Chiefs having the top three players uh, brings us close to a pick'em. I don't agree with that playmaking statement. I don't. It says I stars, stars, whatever. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> stars. You have one. You, okay, so you have two offensive stars in Mahomes and Kelsey, and, and then you have you one have a, defensive star yeah. in Chris Jones, who shouldn't even be there. By the way, he should not he's be t- at number he's three. Top five, but not top five or six. I'd say five. You think four or five? Yeah, okay. he's, he's that good. I think it goes. He Mahomes, can play inside. He can rush off the edge. He's a very versatile edge, uh, a pass rusher. Mahomes, Kelsey, Reddick, Hurts. Uh, sure, Chris Jones, and then Jason I mean, Kelsey. if you look at the playmakers, especially on offense, I mean, the Eagles have two Eagles of the top have, three. Yeah, two of the top three. Maybe Kelsey three one, the top Brown four. two, Smith three, Goddard four. Yeah, you can make the argument. And then Sanders five. <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to win the game. This is a Wednesday discussion. Yeah, it is a Wednesday discussion. So we'll save it for Wednesday. Uh, we, we gave <laughs> a little bit of a glimpse into some of our discussion today, but uh, yes. we are not going to spoil anymore. We're going to move on a quick couple MLB tidbits here to wrap up hour number one. Not really a whole lot to talk about except for the uh, excitement uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, actually, there is one thing I want to talk about. Is and uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen, who is not shy about making public statements in the media, sat down with ESPN and was uh, talking about you know, how there have been some comments from other teams and owners about uh, how much he's spending. And I think he put it perfectly. Hit the nail right on the head. He was talking about, you know, I, I'm here. I'm worried about the Mets owning my own team, uh, about owners worrying about my money. It's it's on them on how they run their organization. Uh, and he's, he admitted there's disparity across the league, and there is. Um, but he is capable. Of, he has the money to spend. He's not afraid to spend it. Some owners do have the money to spend and don't want to spend it. So, uh yeah, I mean that's kind of like the the summarized version of what he said. Um, but let me here, let me go and pull it up here real quick to get the exact quote. We need some some searching music. We do, <clears throat> we do. My voice is sorry about that. My here it is. is Found the quote. Steve Cohen via ESPN. I'm not responsible for how other teams run their clubs. They set the rules down. I'm following them. <laughs> it's Fair. true. It's, it's fair. Those are the rules right now. And whether I think the rules should be changed, whatever. Which, by the way, do you want to talk about the uh, the upcoming rule changes on the other side of the uh, the hour here? Have we talked about those on this show? We haven't, but they're kind of older. But we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk about them now because they're kind of brief. Well, yeah. the MLB is going to get set to implement uh, a pitch clock this season, a 30-second pitch clock. I thought it was 20. 
Uh, I thought it was no. They were doing thirty in the minor leagues. Okay, I thought I like it was twenty. 20 is way too fast. Fifteen with uh, twenty. No I feel like twenty is way too fast. I thought so too. It's got to be thirty. I think it would be make 30. it fair to the pitchers. I mean, that honestly, that's how injuries can happen if you yeah. do twenty. Yeah, because that means they have to rush their timing, and it's such a people don't people don't really understand that pitching. It's it's really an art. I mean, you have to because each pitcher has a, a different wind up, different mechanics for how they. You know, get set to deliver to the plate. It's how does that happen? It's an intricate thing. When they're teaching pitchers, how do they all? Wouldn't you think there's one style that works, and they just do? It's different for every guy. Your arm motion, your wind up, uh, how you know how far you you know use your drive foot uh, to kick off the mound. I never understood that. Why there's not like one pitching form that works? Because like you know everyone's built different. You have taller guys. I mean, how is a six ten Randy Johnson going to pitch the same as you know? Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, so, what did you think of what I told you last night? Corbin Burns, number one pitcher in the league. Top three, not number one. <laughs> Based off just last year. You think it's Alcantara? He's got to be in the top. These top five cemented. Yeah. Could be Verlander with how dominant he was. Uh, I think he's number two. Who do you think is number one? <sighs> Pure sure. talent alone could be Otani. Otani? Really? Maybe. You think he's the best pitcher? I, he could be. I mean, he's got a. He's nasty, man. People don't really realize how good of a pitcher he is. He's very good. He's a very good player. Am I going to say he's number one? No, but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is Burns. Is it Alcantara? Is it Verlander? I mean, there's names. It's not. I don't think it's clear cut. Yeah. There's, there's no cemented number one. You can debate many names here. Yeah. Uh, another one of the rule changes, by the way, they uh, uh, made the bases longer. Yeah, yeah. Bigger bases. Try to bring the base stealing element back into the game. And they sloped it to... Uh... Eliminate, you know, jammed fingers and stuff. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I, I like that because the art of stealing bases has kind of gone by the wayside in the current day and age. Yeah. Especially kind of like I'd say post-2010. Post-2010, yeah. I mean... It, really when, when we, it started uh, to get the fade out. More by like 2015-ish when we've seen base stealing kind of, you know, not become a common yeah. thing in the game. I miss seeing Rollins or Utley. I miss, seeing guys, I miss seeing guys stealing bags, man. Right. It's it, exciting. It, I, and I, I could barely it's comprehend strategic. baseball when, pushes when that the needle. happening. But yeah, it, it definitely pushes the needle. and. And it makes, uh, I think it makes some of the Phillies players so much more valuable, right? It makes Turner valuable. I mean, Turner is already a base dealing threat to begin with. Right. And it, but it like, makes him really? more effective. It makes Real Muto even more valuable because yeah, he's one I'd of the best throwing catchers. Turner, Real Muto, because he can steal bags too. Yeah. And Castellanos and Shore were not stealing threats. They're not stealing anything. But uh, nah, Marsh, nah. Marsh steal. He stole. Uh, he can. He set up the rally in, the, uh, in game three of the Braves series. Stealing a base. Tell you what, it's going to put a lot more pressure on these catchers. Yeah, a lot of pressure on the catchers. On the pitchers, right? Because the uh, the other uh, rule is the pickoff rule. Yep, two pickoffs you, two allowed. Two pickoffs. And then, and then the if third. you pick off a third time and miss, and, you, uh, and if you don't get him out, run it gets free base. It's a balk. I don't like that. Okay, so that's interesting. I love that rule. I don't. I think that is such a it takes away. Element. It takes away a big weapon of a pitcher's game. Which is? You can eliminate the base-dealing threat. By picking off a couple times and then using a, uh, you know, going out of the stretch. Mm. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how far off guys go. You know, does he does he spend one of his throwovers? Right? Could you imagine a big playoff game? Right? Throws over a second time, doesn't get him. Now what happens? The drama. Right? I, I think it's. I, really... I don't think pitchers are picking off for a third time anymore. They don't. They throw two. That's it. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's going to affect New Philly Tyon Walker a lot. Because Why? he was masterful with the pickoffs last year. For really? The last couple of years for the Mets. Hmm. Picked off a lot of guys. 
if you don't get it first couple tries, it takes a big weapon out of his game to control the run. Very much, yeah. So could be interesting. I I, agree. I like the rule. Yeah. I think it I don't, adds a whole new element of strategy. People are too worried about speeding up the game too much. Is it good to make it go a little bit quicker? Yes. Is it good to rapidly enhance the pace of play? I don't think so. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the flip side of this hourly break. We will be back for hour number two of Heavy Hitters uh, in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Still Heavy Hitters, hour number two. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim. 10 a.m. on the East Coast. 7 a.m. Pacific. Wakey, wakey. All you uh, Western folk. <laughs> you Western folk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Over there. Uh, wake, wake. Wish wake up, fun. San Francisco. Uh, isn't that what they said in Full House? That it's time to wake up, San Francisco. Danny Tanner. Um, I would reference a movie, but I can't. What? Um, uh, you know, I can't. I can't say it because that has mm. curse words in it. Mm. Bummer. Bummer. So, Mitchell Smedley, Jack High. I'm going to go through some MLB tidbit discussion. Talk about uh, rule changes. Jack doesn't like the pickoff limit i do i think it's really interesting and i can't wait to see how it impacts the uh the rules here or the uh, the the strategy here of the of the game so jack if you're a pitcher are you throwing even the first pickoff attempt anymore are you trying it yes yes i'll try one and that'll be try to be strategic with my second Mm. but it's i think it's dumb i do i don't like it i like the i like the bigger bases I like because there's no guarantee. Oh, look, you're going to try to probably steal more bases. There's no guarantee that's going to work. No, it could generate more offense, but also could not. I think it will generate more offense. You're moving them. Excuse oh, I do me. too, Excuse but me. closer together, and uh, you know, especially with the. Um, I the think it's going to bring thing. a little bit more excitement to the game, I think and that's a good thing. Bring more excitement to the game. And that's a good thing. I don't think I think the pickoff takes away from st- uh, part of the strategy of the game. There is something to be said though for that like really tense inning, right? You know, at Citizens Bank Park. Why would you pick that venue of all places? Because it's electric. Where uh, that dump. (laughs) Sorry, and uh, I've been there. It ain't no great shakes. The uh, it's not a bad ballpark. It's a great ballpark. Great is a beautiful overstatement and a half. Lovely. What do you mean? It's a beautiful ballpark. It is not. Not even a top ten. How? How? Not even a top ten nicest ballpark. How? It's not. It just is. It's just not. You think City Field is? Oh, one hundred percent. 100%. 100%. It's a hometown I've been take, to both. everybody. I have been to both. It's a hometown and take. No, and on all biases aside. No, no. Why would why would the stadiums have any sort of affiliation for bias for me? Because I can admire a nice stadium. I hate City Field. Have you never even been you there? You have glare on your buildings. I don't know. It's called being in a big city. I yeah. Philly's not, but. Yeah. I mean, look, just, you know. Rearrange some things. Put up like a, a wall on the side of the stadium to block that thing. It's blinding the batters. I'll teach them Braille. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, City Field's just objectively nicer, I feel like. So is that like actually a problem? Like what? The, the glare. I, I've seen it when the Phillies I mean, other stadiums them. have shadows. I know they have shadows, but they don't have that glare from that building. You know what I yeah. mean? I feel like that's an issue. It's getting right in the batter's eye. Who is it, righties that have to deal with it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You don't play day games in the playoffs. More more often than not. If you're the Mets, you don't play games in the playoffs. Well, we did last year. Three of them. Three days! I mean, you're the one to talk for the team who hasn't made the playoffs since 2011 before this past year. the World Series. I don't care. I care. I care a lot. Does it mean anything? It was a magical run. 
Oh, I'm ma- in the cold magical. Now. Just like the Mets 2015 run, but what happened? It sputtered at the end. Uh, misery. Oh, why must every 11 minutes of my life be filled with misery? Again, <laughs> the championship run don't mean anything. No, no one remembers second place. I do. You can. I always remember. As long as you find a way to follow it up with the championship in the next couple of years, then it can mean something. I think they will. I think the Phillies I don't. That's, I don't think it's a guarantee. Not going to win the. World I do Series. not think it's a guaranteeable statement. Twenty twenty three. I don't think it's a guaranteed statement. I don't think it's guaranteed. No, but I think they're going to win. I have a gut feeling. Um, also, so remember the uh, the list you brought up of like the guy predicting the Phillies to win the World Series. At, oh yeah, yeah. The guy that, that was the one thing that was wrong. Yeah, I find that so comical. Yeah. Well, I saw uh, it was a TikTok, so it must be real, right? Yeah, it must be true. It's must it must be truthful. We saw it on the internet, right? Someone uh, had a thing for the NFL, NFL, and had the Eagles winning this year. Yeah, honestly, that is masterclass. They had everything right back to 2016. What Broncos over the over the Panthers? Wow, Patriots. Then we had um, Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Did they have them on that list? Oh, uh, let me find it. Wow. And that, by the way, they had Jacksonville in uh, 2025, I think. I did see that. How about that? You think that's – I think it's possible. It could. I do not think it's out of the realm of the A couple of the more good off-seasons and look out. Trevor Lawrence looks like – They made the, the division around this year with this group. You think Trevor Lawrence has more talent than Jalen Hurts? Yeah. I don't think he's better, but does he have more talent? I think so. You think he's – so why wasn't he in your top five? Because he hasn't done it on the stat sheet yet. Mm, okay. So. But yeah, so you know the you know the tweet I'm talking about. I do know the tweet you're talking about. I'm trying to find it right now. This is just getting annoying though that everyone's predicting the Philly teams, and if they lose two in a row, it's just gonna break my soul. <sighs> I think the Phillies losing the Super Bowl is much more gratifying than me if the Eagles lose the Super Bowl. I mean, Phillies, Phillies World Series, Phillies World Series. I knew I was going to do that too. Yeah. I knew it going into okay. that. I'm like, I'm so going to mess this up, and we did. At least Steve Gannon's going to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Steve Gannon. I can't find the tweet, but yeah, yeah. But we, we I didn't know it was that far back. I knew it was a little far back, but I didn't know it was that far. Who uh, who was next year? Do you remember? I, I mean, Bengals maybe might have been the Bengals. Anyways. Go birds, man! I can't wait for this. I can't wait for that, um, and I can't wait for opening day. Remember the uh, the anticipation you and I both had on opening day last season? Yeah. Do you remember that day? What a day! It's only going to be greater now. Jim. All right, I found it. Coming off playoff I found runs. It. All right, Broncos twenty sixteen, Patriots twenty seventeen, Eagles twenty eighteen, Patriots twenty nineteen, and uh, we mentioned Broncos over the over the Panthers, Patriots over the Falcons, Eagles over Patriots, Patriots over the Rams, Chiefs beating the 49ers, Buccaneers beating the Chiefs. Rams beat the Bengals. Eagles will beat the Chiefs this year, according to this. Next year will be the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. 2025 will be Jacksonville, and then Joe Burrow will get his ring in 2026. Wow. Wow. This has been spot on thus far. That's crazy. And this was tweeted out on December 16th of 2015. Do you think it's it's real or do you think it's photoshopped? I don't know. I think it's photoshopped. It could be. I honestly But it looks real. It's real. No way. Could be. There's no way. Never know. Never know, Mitchie. But we do. But what we do know is that it's time to read a KU notebook. Yep. Attention, KU community. If you are interested in being a part of Ally's annual drag show, here is your chance. Follow the link in the bio of the Instagram page of the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center, which is at 
LGBTQ resource KU to fill out the necessary forms for auditions. All types of drag are welcome. The deadline for applications will be Monday, February 20th at 5 p.m. Auditions for the drag show will be held on Thursday, February 23rd from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. in McFarland Student Union, room 183. We look forward to seeing you. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KR. We are back. Uh, Mitch, anything else in the MLB realm you want to talk about? I know we diverted course a little bit. But, yeah, we uh, did divert a little bit. Uh, MLB, oh, the shift. We didn't talk about the shift. Oh, yes. Yeah, the uh, the banning of the shift, so you're not going to be able to have three guys on one side of the infield anymore. Yeah. You can have a guy up the middle, I think, behind second base or just slightly next to it. Yeah. But um, uh, your shortstop being on the, on the left side, uh, no, right side of the bag. Yeah. Get that second baseman out of... Uh, out of short the right, short field. right field. I you like have to that. have four, at least four on the infield, which I like. Yeah, on the infield dirt. Um, how do I you like think? Uh, how do you think teams are going to beat it? How do you think they're going to like? I I watched a thing about uh, about it with, you know, uh, I think it was talking baseball, like John Boy Media. Yeah. Those guys. Uh, they sat down with Raul Ibanez and another guy from the I think it's the Players Association, right? Is that who Ibanez works for now? Could yeah probably, um, but they, they you know the guys that were really in on the rule changes talking about it and it was so interesting how they talked about when they implemented these things in the minor leagues the sorts of things teams were coming up with to kind of beat it like playing mid range sort of between the infield and outfield instead playing all sorts of places um, you know and uh, I I really wanted to get your take do you think there's anything teams are going to do to kind of combat this and artificially make a shift. Yeah, I mean that's very interesting. Um, absolutely. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't. I was kind of zoned in and out. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Certainly, the shift change is going to be interesting for sure to monitor how it's going to you know, how teams are going to approach it, how teams are going to play their uh, you know position their players, especially you know, defensively. How hitters are going to hit it. You know, guys who struggled against the shift on uh, prior years. Do they have a rebound year? Do we see a guy like you know Joey Gallo have a better season because he really just could not go against the shift for the life of him? Do we see guys like that bounce back, or do we see more of the same? Uh, you know, do we see these guys struggle? Uh, I'm not sure that just changing a defensive alignment is going to make these guys all of a sudden uh, become better hitters. I mean, could it boost their stats you know, a little bit for sure? But yeah. I'm not going to think I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to you know tenfold uh, increase their production. We're not going to see any more of those, uh, or maybe fewer of those uh, 30 hoppers, the, you know, those shift beaters that just leak into left field a little bit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, end of that era for, uh, well, not for sure. But I think the eliminating the shift, though, is going to show the defensive weakness of some guys. Really? Yep. You have be, to naturally uh, field your position better. Yeah, I, I agree, and you're going to have to have more range in the middle of the infield. A great example, I think... It's not going to affect the outfield as much because you can still shift the outfield any way you like. Mm-hmm. I was going to pick Nick Castellanos, but he could still do what he was doing in the playoffs last year and have success exactly. with that. Well, even Maybe even both? if you couldn't shift the outfield, he's it's not like he's playing in center field and running over into his left. He's, no. He's just playing a few steps to the right. Yeah. Um, were you talking about Bohm? Possibly Bohm. I think he's become a, a plus defender. I'd say average. average. At least average. I yeah. wouldn't say plus. Plus is too positive. A, a very mild plus, very minimal plus. Meh, he's an okay defender. <laughs> he can competently field his position without Phillies fans having to be, you know, taking a gasp of air every time a ground ball is hit towards third. I still gasp. <laughs> I, I don't blame still, you. I, I really don't. I still get nervous. I you know really what I, don't blame you. You know what I think back to? 
Uh, and this is like the most random highlight of the entire run. But uh, in August, when Kyle Gibson, remember Kyle Gibson had six perfect innings. Oh my! Ah, the <laughs> remember that? the game of baseball. And <laughs> Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. Can't go was, six and it was on days. national television. It was like on an Apple TV game. You know what I mean? Yep. So everyone's watching. Who was it against? It was the Nationals. Washington? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was against Washington. It was Washington. awful. But uh, the final out of the sixth was like this really tough play by Bohm. Uh It might have been a double play. I, I forget. But, uh, you know, it was it was just this incredible play. And the announcer's like, and Boom! Of all people, keeps the, uh, the perfect game going. And then he lost it on the very next hitter. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. And boom of all people. <laughs> Take a dig at the man. I mean, no. whoa. I, I don't know if he said of all people, but he was like shocked, right? And then I do vividly remember uh, I it was, um, I think it was the first game of the World Series. And Joe Davis is like, Nick Castellanos of all people. He did say that. <laughs> I do remember that. When he made that big defensive play. Yeah. The sliding grab? Yeah, these are some of the things that bring me the most joy in life, Jack. Nick Castellanos, of all people. Seeing a bad defensive player make a good defensive play is just pleasing to the fan's eye. (laughs) It's like, holy cow, that guy made a play? It's like a pitcher home run. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that Nick Castellanos catch was basically a pitcher's home run. (laughs) Arena, Blazing Slam Diego! It's, uh, yeah... Jacob DeGrom with a couple home runs for the Mets. I mean, look, pitcher home runs were electric. But They're man, electric. how about Blanton going deep? And Joe, uh, Joe Buck still found a way to be bored. Seeing uh, how about Blanton going deep? I'm so happy though the DH is in the NL now. Me too, man. It's, it's just much more fun watching pitchers go up there and uncompetitively take at bats was just it was so bad. Yeah, it's just so bad for the game. It was you know, if they were trying to hit, it'd be a different story. But they were going up there, and some guys just taking three pitches and striking out. Yeah. Like, that's a waste of an at-bat, dude. Very much so. At least now with the DH, you got a shot. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about Derek Hall? I do not year? like Derek Hall. <laughs> Derek Hall. We were talking about this last night. It's not a... Uh, look, I mean, his first three hits in the big leagues were home runs. I mean, yeah. And maybe then Derek Hall's back the next... crashing back down to earth. Maybe he's the next Philly that takes the, the second-year leap. Or the uh, Highly the doubt leap. that. I don't know. I mean, the guy is just not a great hitter. Could he be the next Matt Veerling? He's a strikeout king. Yeah, he's swinging a man. I would like. Swinging. I would like the. I would have liked the Phillies to go out and get one more uh, outfielder that can also be your DH. But so, but alas, but alas, here we are. All right, Mitch. Uh, a couple minutes before the break. Uh, we're n- we're not a big NBA talk show, but nah. uh, we do have one big move to talk about. Oh, and that's uh, it's Kyrie Irving. Yeah, what happened? He got traded. What happened, New York? He got traded. He Brooklyn. Got traded what happened? How you woos Kyrie Irving? <laughs> oh my goodness, grades are not good for that trade though. I, I saw some grades uh, from ESPN. The Mavericks got a D grade for that trade. Mm. I was like, huh? I was like, what? Really? Really? Well, they gave up like three players. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, That's not his name, is it? Yes, it it is. Spencer Dinwiddie. (laughs) He's going back to Brooklyn. He was with the Nets uh, at one point in time, going back to Brooklyn. He's back. You like that song? No, I've not listened to it. No! Sleep! Tell Brooklyn! 
Is that a... No, sir. Don't do Beastie not. Boys? It's maybe. I can't confirm nor deny that. I think it's the Beastie Boys. So, uh, we're going to look it up. How do you not know that song? I just don't. Just don't, dude. I was going to say the Backstreet Boys, but then... Uh, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys. I'm getting my... Your band's mixed up. I'm getting up, my man. boys mixed up. <laughs> we're getting the band back together. <laughs> Oh, I was in a band once. (laughs) 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 Do you not know that clip either? Oh, Um, my life. Let's let's get this trade pulled up here. Okay, so Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a first-round pick, I believe. Oh, okay, perfect. Here. Great. Finally found it. All right, Nets receive Spencer Dinwiddie, like we mentioned, Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected 2029 first-round draft pick, and two future second-round picks. Irving, a multiple-time All-Star, requested a trade on February 3rd. Going down to Dallas along with Markeith Morris. Uh, so those two will pair up with Luka Doncic and company down uh, in Dallas. Mark Cuban's organization. Yeah. Uh, they get the trade done. Now uh, two superstars together in Dallas. It's interesting to see how Irving and Doncic will uh, will play together. Two ball-dominant players. Uh, they th- Those guys really need the ball in their hands to make plays. Uh, we're interested to see how those two will coincide. Uh, will there be chemistry or will this... Uh, blow up in their face and uh, end up not working out for the Mavs. We will see. Yes, I mentioned was the Beastie Boys, by the way. Hey, how'd you figure that out? Uh, Looked it up. Confirmation from a oh, from a from a fan source. Okay, love it. Thank so. you very much. All right. Well, we are going to take our first break of hour number two. When we come back, we will be going into a new discussion, maybe a little NHL talk. Uh, we also have to talk about college hoops a little bit. So, plenty more to talk about here in hour number two of this jam-packed heavy hitters here in early February. Do not go anywhere. And welcome back to heavy hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim here, making our way through. <laughs> Why do I even bother? <laughs> Why do I even bother? I thought you'd like that one. Rage, fury, <laughs> irritation, humiliation. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back. Another day. Another nickel. Another migraine. Another <laughs> Migraine. Migraine. <laughs> More band humor. <laughs> We're making our way through hour number two, proving to Jack that it was the Beastie Boys. Playing the song over the break, by the way. Yeah. Jack, how's it go? How's it go? No! Same! Brooklyn! Brooklyn? Just not till. Just no! <laughs> I like that version Brooklyn. better. I like that better. I take out the till in there, man. Yeah. It just makes it a lot more funny. <laughs> it makes it a lot more commanding. Yeah. Hey. No sleep, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not getting any sleep because Kyrie Irving's gone, and their <laughs> dreams of Kyrie and Kevin Durant winning a title for them are gone. Dreams have turned to nightmares. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. I really had, I really had faith in you people. In you people, you took my, my one, one chance, chance at happiness and crushed it. it, crushed it into little tiny, tiny bite-sized pieces. pieces. I guess I'm a loser, loser for that too. So thanks for nothing. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. All right, Jack, tell us about the NHL. NHL Islanders. Oh, so now the talking cheese is going to preach to us. Well, we mentioned uh, last week the Islanders acquired Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks for Anthony Mobilier. Uh, Islanders top prospect Aturatu and a top 12 projected first round draft pick in this year's upcoming NHL draft. And the Islanders long term getting an extension done with Bo Horvat broke yesterday morning. An eight year deal 
worth $8.5 million AAV. Bo Horvat staying on Long Island for a long, long time. Horvat and Barzal now the two cornerstone pieces of the New York Islanders for years to come. Uh, many players on the Islanders very excited to get Horvat uh, locked up. He's having a career year, already 30 goals at the All-Star break. Uh, he's a guy who does a lot of good things. Uh, you know, he can get to the net front, get some deflections. He's got a sneaky good shot, uh, plays good defense, good penalty killer. Um, and he can go in the power, but too. So he's, he's a very, very multifaceted NHL hockey player. Uh, a lot of good things. I'm very excited as an Islander fan myself. Must be nice. Um, can we make a push to the playoffs? Possibly. I think Must we need to make nice. a couple more moves. Uh, uh, in order to do that, but I like the deal. Lou Lamarillo gets something done. Islander fans have been clamoring for that for years to get a goal score, and we've got our guy. Maybe we need, maybe one more on the way. Possibly, who knows? But Horvat is an Islander for the long term, and maybe I will invest in a jersey, or maybe even a jersey. I already got a Matt Barzal jersey for Christmas, a sweater. So I am very excited about that. It's such a clean jersey, man. I don't like Matt Barzal. I need to get me a Mets jersey. Though. That's the one thing that's on my list, like of a current player. Barzal is the. Brandon Nimmo of hockey for me. Oh, really? I don't like him. You don't? Don't like him at all. Matt Barzell. Matt Barzell. Who's your Brandon Nimmo, Matt Barzell? Who are your guys on the Philly teams? Hmm. Give me one for each. I'll go Phillies and Flyers. I don't know, Eagles or whatever. Okay. I, there's not really that guy for yeah, me. Yeah. I feel like football is less long-term for guys sometimes. Let's see. I would say Brandon Marsh just because he's not a good player. Brandon Marsh? He doesn't, he doesn't annoy me because he's good. He just annoys me because... More more so you annoy me with Brandon Marsh. I do. I tell you he's... But it's not really Marsh himself. Yeah. Um, ooh. I, I would have said Gene Segura, but... Really? Yeah, he was just a stickler, man. That guy always killed the Mets. He, he killed everybody. More so the Mets, dude. He would rake against us. He was just so annoying. Mets and the Braves. Thank goodness. Um, He's gone off the Phillies. But uh, if I had to give a guy now... J.T. Real Muto. No. No. Mm. Zach Wheeler. Oh, this guy just don't really like Bryce Harper. It's an easy answer. It is, but he's he's meh. It's, it's easy. It's a cop out. Schwarber's a Met record. I don't want it. Oh, Schwarber's kind of just everybody record. It's forty plus home runs, so <laughs> more more so a national record than a Mets record. Are you gonna hate Trey Turner and Philly's pinstripes? Ooh, probably yes, because he's a Philly, yeah. but. He's still very excited. He's a tantalizing player to watch. He's awesome to watch, so, isn't he? Um, let's see. Ooh, what 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 could this answer be? He's gonna go Edmundo Sosa, everybody. No, Edmundo <laughs> Sosa is just a run of the mill meh player. Yeah, it's got to be someone who plays. Probably Reese, probably. You hate Reese? Yeah, not because he's that great. slow trot. Not because he's great. I just think he's he's just, very good. Yeah, I don't think he's a top five first baseman. He's had beef with the Mets before. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, oh, hold on a minute. Jose Alvarado. Ah, oh. 100%. How can I forget that guy? Why do you hate him? I think he's just so cocky for being a pretty average reliever. <laughs> and now we both hate him. <laughs> he had a few with Dominic Smith last year. Yeah. Tried to throw at him and hit him. I think Alvarado's a fake tough guy. Yeah. That player, Jose Alvarado, has been turned upside down. He has. Uh, Flyers, probably Kevin Hayes, or maybe TK. I love Kevin Hayes. I love me some Kevin Hayes. Probably TK. He's just kind of, he's a guy you'd love to have on your team, but when you play against him, you hate him. Really? Yeah. Okay. 100%. All right. He's that scrappy, he's not a big guy, but he plays big, uh, he plays, uh, you know. Big energy. Yeah. Like, he plays like he's a bigger forward when he's a smaller guy. Anyone long-term on the Eagles you haven't liked? Brandon Graham? Eh. Jason Kelsey? Not Kai, I, I, I don't mind Kelsey. 
Okay. His podcast is funny. He, he seems yeah. like a really cool dude. He is. But um, makes Christmas albums here. Let's see. Ooh. Maybe Miles Sanders. Ooh. Not a big Miles guy. Because he's better than Saquon. No. Not even <laughs> stop that. Stop the top foolery. Kidding. Please. Um, Who's better, Miles Sanders or Brandon Marsh? <laughs> Brandon Marsh. No, I'm kidding. No, it's um, Miles Sanders. Let's see. Oh, Bradbury. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Good answer. Easy money. Good answer. Easy money. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Are we on Family Feud? Do do Bing. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a giant I've just always hated. <laughs> you know. You know who I hated for no reason. Oh, I'm not a big Fletcher Cox guy either. By the oh, way. Oh, okay. Interesting answer. You know who I hated for no reason on the Giants? Who? Eli Apple. Oh, dude. There is plenty of reason well, to hate is, Eli Apple. But it's not like he's like this world beater of a player. Oh, no. That dude is like, he is very garbage. I understand that. And that's, he talks the most trash. That's what I'm saying. It should have been funny, but there was one game Thank against the Giants. Off the Giants. I think it was 2016. Dude, so bad. Where, uh, so bad. I was at my grandparents' house, and like we were all gathered around the TV, all watching the Eagles game, playing the Giants. And Eli Apple... Like forced a fumble or something, or like hit the. I think he had a sack and a fumble, like in close succession. And I was just like, "That is the new target of all my hatred." <laughs> I hate that yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, the feeling was reciprocated from Giants fans. <laughs> That's awesome. That guy's so bad. He's, he's the Jose a, Alvarado. He's been of a the top Giants. fifteen pick on that guy. Yeah, I think it was eleven, yeah. maybe ten. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I also don't like Derek Barnett. Similar situation. Yeah, too. yeah. So, um. Yeah, I, I said him. Barzell for uh, for the. What did he ever do Islanders. to you? And obviously Brandon Nimmo. He ruined me in in the in the bubble. In the bubble, he burst my bubble. In the bubble. In the bubble. What man. about Semyon Varlamov? Oh, oh that was that frustrating. Team. Yeah. Stop by Varlamov. Now we have an even better goalie, and I love it. <laughs> Gross. Um, man, that was a fun series, though. It was. Overtime games, back and forth. Especially that game seven. Oh, my God. Stop. That was so That fun. was gross. Game six was cool. Game, game seven was immaculate. No. It was boring. Oh, it was. Yeah. Must have been infuriating for you. Did you but. guys that year have, or am I remembering a different postseason, did you guys have Andy Green? We did. Okay. I thought I remembered that. Yep. Andy Green. Yeah. He, he was a long-time devil? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thought so. Long-time My hockey knowledge is... You know, I feel out of it because I haven't been watching much this year, like at all, because Flyers are trash. I, I've managed to. Oh, wear they're my, way better than they were last year. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm so happy that the steps are starting. But I, uh, I, I was able to wear my Flyers hat like one time. You know, who's a Philly legend. Who? Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher, GM of the Flyers. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> Not many are. Not a fan. Um, Not many are. Remember the days of Peter Laviolette? Oh yeah. And, uh, He's bounced his way around the metro. Yeah. How about uh, the days of Hackstall and Hextall? Oh, my goodness. What times? Gross. Hated Lobby let what? Flyers, Islanders, Capitals? Yeah. Was he Carolina? I think he was Carolina. Definitely think he was Carolina. Yeah. So He's made a ways around. He was with Nashville, I believe, on point two. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. But I took away from your point. Sorry, you're talking about the uh, extension to... No, it's kind of all I to say about that. Not. I'm just really excited to see him play in Islander uniform. Actually... He will make his debut tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, we got a Flylanders game tonight. Yeah, in uh, Wells Fargo. Oh. My brother's actually going to be at the game. That's awesome. The Flyers are only a few points behind the Islanders in the standings. 
Yeah. So a chance to make some headway with this ragtag group. I love calling it the Flylanders. <laughs> I remember, I think a game I'll never forget, I was watching it last year with my buddy, and uh, I was at his house, and it was uh, the game that went to nine rounds of a shootout, mm. and uh, the Islanders ended up winning it on Oliver Wallstrom goal that Shocking. got by heart. And Shocking. Oh, it was such an entertaining game. I was like on my toes. I think I watched I was that on my too. Feet. I think I was so like, entertaining. Smokes. I mean, my my heart was pumping out of my chest because I wanted us to win, but no one could score. And then the Islanders finally broke through. I was like, holy mackerel! Congrats, you beat like the worst team ever. Oh, I'm not assembled. saying it's an impressive win. I'm <laughs> no. just saying it was very entertaining. Yeah, it, it's absolutely entertaining. You get those entertaining so. games every now and then. So, yeah. One more thing. Oh. One more thing though, on the baseball thing before we go. I think we're going to move to March Madness here in a little bit. Probably. Not too much NHL to talk about. We'll talk about it a little bit more on Wednesday. Now the games are starting to come back uh, into the shape and down it goes. Mitchell's bottle Wait, gets what? knocked How? over. <laughs> the cord from the headphones. It's like nothing touched it. Um, but anyway, uh, Dodgers will retire uh, Fernando Valenzuela's number. Uh, they also extended Miguel Rojas that he just got from Miami up to the 2024 season. So they have him locked up. Uh, one more question for you, Mitch. Yeah. You know, the four players on the Padres. Tatis. Fernando! Fernando! <laughs> Superhuman! Yeah, I love that call. It's yeah. so funny. Um, Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts. Yeah. That gives me the vibes of like the Heat Big Three with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. It's very good, isn't I it? I feel like it just gives out like that. It, it's just a super team vibe. And if they don't win, it's going to be kind of disappointing. I've looked at the Padres. I feel like they have like a two year window to win. I think so. Because Soto, I think, is going to leave in free agency. Does Machado opt out after this year? You know, can Machado opt out after this year? Yep, he can. So interesting. So that offseason when Harper and Machado were the big two, he didn't get a guaranteed like Harper? He did, but he, he built in an opt out. Mm. Harper three did years. not, right? Harper did not. No, he's okay. going to be a Philly for life. For life. Unlimited. So. Oh, man. Um, that's awesome, by the way, that, that they got that yeah, deal. It's done. okay for you. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Look, if it falls I apart, don't know, Jim. If it falls apart. Like we haven't seen the Padres with all their pieces at once, right? Soto wasn't there with Tatis at all. I don't think, right? Because of the suspension, dude. The middle of that order, man. And then obviously adding Bogarts is just adding a whole nother level. Two through five in any order, you can mash uh, mix it up in, in around May or June would be Bogarts, Soto, a uh, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, and Tatis. Like, right. woo. And they're uh, who are their the guys around them. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, Cronenworth Trent Profar? Grisham. They no, Profar's Profar. gone. Oh, okay. I thought I thought one of them moved, I think. right? Yeah, it was I was either like Grisham or Profar that moved. Well Myers left, so let's see. Probably gonna put Cronenworth at first. Maybe or second. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. They've Austin Nola. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um that guy, man, you <sighs> deep press jack. What? Austin Nola killed the Mets in the wild card round. That's oh, yeah. one. Forgot about that. Forgot about that. That was beautiful. Yeah. Very Magical. Funny. He actually uh, beat the Phillies in the only game that the Padres won in that series, too. So it's okay. We're basically the same person. I love both those teams just caught lightning in a bottle and met each other in the LCS. <laughs> Don't really love it because they beat the Mets, did the Padres, but. I love it. Do you think the Padres are better than the Dodgers? No. No? Actually, they have a better maybe, hitter? Maybe. Hitting order? Better lineup, a better overall team, I'm giving the Dodgers. Really? Okay. Yes. Much better pitching for the Dodgers, oh, obviously. Yeah. Much deeper. Yeah. If you look at the starting rotation, I mean, I think you're right. No, Dodgers four and five are relievers that they're trying to turn into starters. Yeah. See how that goes. So that's going to be what the Phillies were thought to be last year, which is just they're going to try and outmash you. You know. Yeah. I mean, they can pitch. They got Darvish, Musgrove, and uh, 
Why am I blanking on the other guy? Darvish, Musgrove, and uh, I know who you're talking about. Ooh. Why is that escaping me? Snell. Snell. Man trying to think who, who started that Bryce game, Harper's too, when the Mets won, and it was Snell. We got the Snell. Guy who Couldn't get the Darvish or Musgrove, though. Ruined Bryce Harper. But, um... For two months. Yeah. Anything else, Mitch, on this kind of MLB slash NHL hybrid segment type I like I like what you brought up about the Padres, because I think it's a really interesting, uh, interesting thing. Who do you think has a better year this year? Uh, Phillies, Padres, or Mets? Rank those three teams. I think they're very close, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go in. Oh. Mets, Padres, Phillies. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a hometown pick. I think I had to see that coming. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I gave you a fit. I, I was thinking about putting Padres first. Nice, easy fastball to hit. Couldn't bring myself to do it. No. Why? You could wear that hat. <laughs> no. You could wear the hat. That hat is not being worn until after this upcoming season. <laughs> Why? Take out the sting. Bad memories, man. What if they beat you again? I w- okay, you know what? Actually, I will wear it this season when they play the Phillies or the Braves. <laughs> Which uh, So how many more games do uh, do we have against the non-division opponents So we t- you take away six from each divisional opponent. You now play mm-hmm. 13 instead of 19 against each. Mm-hmm. So that opens up 24 more games. Yes. Huge. Not, not going to be as reliant on divisional play this year as you've been accustomed to seeing. Yeah, it's interesting. Which makes the AL Central and NL Central a lot more interesting. A lot worse. <laughs> That's what you mean. No, because, yes, by a byproduct, you would expect it to be that way. But, like, the Cardinals can't just keep feasting in 19 games against, like, the Pirates and the Reds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Cubs are going to be a little bit better this year, but you can still beat them pretty consistently if you're yeah. a good team. Um, Unless you're the Phillies, in which case you get swept both times. <laughs> get swept just in the like season the Rangers. series. Yeah, and the Rangers. <laughs> that was, see, that was a four-game total, right? It was two ga- two. But you can't two. win one? But you can't win one. And the Cubs, you lose seven. Or was it six? <laughs> I think it was six. I think it's six. You lose six of six you got to swept. the Cubs. You got swept in your home field by the Cubs. I was there. I was oh, there. I know you were. I was there. I was very upset. That On my so birthday, funny. Jack. On my birthday. Didn't they get a late, uh, get a late hit to take the lead in that game, too? No. No, they were down one. One of the games. They tied it up. And then they, you know, it was one to one heading into the tenth, and because of Alec Bohm, <laughs> oh yeah, I made that error. I remember that he made like all three of those errors. <laughs> yeah, still a plus defender. My mom was, uh, she was narrating to me what happened, right? And she's like, over to third. Oh, how did it get through him? <laughs> right. Next batter over to th- oh, it got by him again. What do you mean? How What's happening? Get- what do you mean? How does he get by him? It's Alec Bohm. <laughs> I, I kind of had to explain that part to her. Oh. But uh, and then the Phillies. See, got, mom, like- this guy is not good at this thing called defense, and we n- kind of need him to be good at this thing called defense. Yeah. And then the Phillies got that you know that like sack fly run. Yeah. In the bottom of the. Did they lose three two? 6-2. Oh, yeah. yeah it was 1-1 one one going into the 10th. The doors open. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Just disheartening. And then I had to pretend I was still happy going into a Jake <laughs> Owen concert, which when the concert started was great. But Then you were happy. That 20 minutes between that. <laughs> Very saddening. Everyone was just silent. And we, you know, through the throughout the, the game, we heard the demise of a relationship behind us. <laughs> I told you this story, right? Oh, that's, that's yeah. That's... With the guy that didn't want to leave uh, and then told his girl that, like, they would leave after one more drink, proceeds to walk back down with two drinks in his hand. 
And then she catches the foul ball when he didn't. <laughs> and then he was all upset. One could say, what a time to be alive. It was quite a time to be alive, man. I, I wore my cowboy hat to that game. Well, with that being Dallas Cowboy hat on Mitchell Smedley's no. head. With that, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Final break of today's show. Uh, we'll be back. We'll wrap it up with March Madness discussion. I should say more so college hoops because March Madness ain't here yet. But a college basketball discussion to wrap up today's show. That will be in order as we always do on Heavy Hitters. One more 20-minute segment coming your way next on the flip side of this break. And, and welcome, welcome back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> Take it away, buddy. Take it away. No, no, you. I was just messing with you. After you. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters. Smithley, Jack Heim, final segment. I we saw here. I saw him rushing back to the computer. I was like, watch this. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Um, man, oh man, this has been a fun, uh, fun way to start the day, Jack. Uh, usually I've been, you know, daggum tired coming into these shows. I, I had some energy today because I almost didn't make I it. I feel good. Wow. I feel good. That was great. But so did I tell you this? I almost uh, didn't make it because so um same here. My I'm ride fifty seven. My ride here ended up uh being sick this morning, you know. <coughs> Hope you get better there. Um Hudson River. Hudson River. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't feel better. We're gonna dump her off in Oh my god. Hudson <laughs> River. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I figured that out at eight uh, thirty-five, actually thirty-seven, and uh, it's like a twenty-minute walk here. So then I I immediately busted out the door. I was bing bonging it down the road, bing and bong. Uh, realized you know not forty-five seconds into my walk that I forgot my ID. So I had to go rush back to my apartment, I grabbed my ID. This ID. <laughs> and if that's the case, this must. I lost something once, something I couldn't live without. My identity. Um, and then, so I, I ran down, and there was this gathering of sorts at the bus stop. And I was like, oh, that means the bus must be close. And wouldn't you know it, waiting less than one minute, and the bus pulls around the corner, and my. My behind was saved because I got here ahead of Jack instead of, you know, a couple minutes late. So. so, Would you look at that? Look at that. What a time to be alive. Let's talk college hoops. Let's do it. What happened this weekend, Jack? Give us the rundown. I want the in-depth breakdown. All right. Well, college basketball Saturday is very entertaining as always. A lot of good games uh, to recap there. We're going to break down some of the big ones here. Yeah. Break Real down quick. like the sad college student you are. Uh, Virginia Tech. <laughs> wow. That's a dig and a half. It's not... No, it's just the stereotype. Virginia know? Tech took down their rivals, down. Virginia, in Blacksburg, 74-68. Hunter Couture and company for the Hokies. Got a big win against the top 10 ranked uh, Cavaliers team. Um, look, Virginia Tech, not a great spot. 14-9. I believe they're now 4-8 and eight in ACC play. So they're not a great spot. They're a very talented team. Uh, but they're going to have to do a lot of work here down the stretch of the season uh, to get themselves back even remotely close in the picture. Uh, of the March Madness tournament. They're probably going to have to go on a run and maybe even win the ACC tournament uh, to get in. Uh, but a big win for the Hokies. They have the talent. Okay, can do it. The ACC is a deep conference. Uh, and there's not really a just singular top dog like in the Big Ten with Purdue, uh, who went down. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Boilermakers. What happened? Yeah. Uh, um, but we're going to move on. Quick, quick, big win for VTech. Uh, big 12 showdown, top 15. Iowa State hosting Kansas and Ames and the Cyclones. Got out to a hot start. They never looked back. They shot it well. 45% uh, from the field. Only 30% from three, but uh, 
Jawan Holmes, or Jaron, excuse me, not Jawan, Jaron Holmes, four of six from three on 15 points, led the way for the Cyclones in that win. Really, Kansas never could find their groove, shooting 38% from the floor, only 26% from three. Jalen Wilson put up his usual 26 points, uh, nine rebounds. He is a dog leader for the Jayhawks. Uh, that team runs through him, along with the supporting cast, Grady Dick, uh, Dewan Harris, who runs the point, Kevin McCullough, the experienced Texas Tech transfer. Kansas will be just fine going on the road in that conference. very tough uh, with how many prominent teams there are in the Big 12. UConn survived on the road against Georgetown. Uh, Danny Hurley and the Huskies survived a scare. They get a win uh, and don't suffer a bad blemish on their resume. Rutgers outlast Michigan State in a Big Ten showdown that you would expect. Defense, defense, defense. 61-55. Uh, the Scarlet Knights got a big win. They submit themselves second in the Big Ten behind Purdue. Uh, Baylor wallops Texas Tech. Uh, they get a rebound after that tough, hard-fought loss in Austin, Texas uh, last week on Monday night. Uh, keep moving on. Tennessee, I mean, wow. Talking about barn burner, 46-43. The number two Vols get the dub over the 25th-ranked Auburn Tigers. Look, I don't love this Tennessee team offensively, but I tell you what, their defense is really, really good. And their losses, their offense sputters, but they found a way to win this Grind it out. That's not a lot of points, Jack. No, not at all. I'm no doctor, but I don't think squirrels are Some supposed team- <laughs> to be blue, and I don't think that's <laughs> a lot of points. <laughs> Some teams put up 46 and a half, depending on their opponents. Yes. Uh, so 46 in a game, uh, not great, but the Vols get a defensive uh, defensive battle win. Uh, they uh, they were led the way by Josiah Jordan James there. So Rick Barnes and uh, Tennessee, 19-4. and four. They're rolling on. They're still on the one line as it currently stands. Big win in SEC play at home for Tennessee. A uh, pick I love, though, upset. Oklahoma's uh, not really an upset because they were the favorite at home. 15th-ranked TCU. <laughs> That's not at all an upset. No, but they were. I, I don't know why I said that. Just because I saw the ranking, I was like, "Oh, you pick uh. upset," but no. Fifteenth ranked TCU falls on the road. Oklahoma State. The Cowboys had a nineteen point lead. Uh, they blew it. TCU came all the way back Sounds to take familiar. the lead. <laughs> take the lead. Something about that name, huh? Yeah. Uh, but the Oklahoma State Cowboys rallied in the final minutes, won the game. Mike Boynton and company. Um, right now, according to Joe Lenardi, they are not. Or they are the last four in. Uh, they would be a eleven seed according to his ESPN bracketology. Uh, as it currently stands, this latest was published on Friday, so we'll see what it looks like. I believe tomorrow a new one comes out. Two times a week bracketology as we get closer and closer to the big dance. Man, we'll talk about Penn State in a little bit. They're they're a little bit disappointing, man. Memphis, who's right in the bubble, their last four buys it stands right now, lost in overtime at home to Tulane. A uh, couple teams that the American can make it. Houston's, I think, is all but a guarantee. Uh, Temple, Memphis, and Tulane are all in the discussion uh, with Memphis being currently in the field of 68 as it stands. Keep moving down the list as the day went on, especially on Saturday. Iowa gets a big two-point home win against the rivals Illinois in Big Ten play. The Hawkeyes surging here uh, in early February. Let's see if they can keep that going. Clemson-Miami uh, Clemson, to top 25 ACC showdown uh, up in South Carolina. The Tigers fall by four to the Canes. Uh, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, company from Miami get the win. Pack led the way with 20. Uh, and five all start all the starting five for Miami, excuse me, put up double digits to lead the way for Jim Laranega. And the Canes, Miami, uh, sitting firmly in a very compacted top ACC. Uh, five, five teams, wow, I almost said four, but five teams all within a game of first place. It's going to be a tight finish to see who gets that Impressive. one seed in the ACC between Clemson, Pitt, who's surprising. Clemson, Pitt, I mean, NC State, those are three of the most surprised teams I'd say in the conference with all those coaches in the hot seat entering the season, but those teams are performing and they are performing well as it currently sits. IU, Indiana, a team I don't really love, but they get an upset win at Assembly Hall at home against their arch rivals, 
In Purdue, Zach Eady went off as always. 33 points, 18 rebounds for the 7'4 monster center. Uh, but the supporting cast really couldn't help put up much. I mean, Fletcher, Fletcher Lawyer with 12 on 4, 12 shooting. Uh, you know, Brandon Smith, 1 of 8. I mean, uh, Brayden Smith, excuse me, 1 of 8. I mean, just wasn't a great day for the supporting cast for Purdue outside of Eady. Trace Jackson Davis led the way with 25 and 7. Hoosiers get the big-time resume-boosting W at home against number one ranked Purdue. Alabama went on the road, beat LSU by 10. Not, not much to talk about there. LSU, just not a great team in general. Top 10, Big 12 showdown yet again. We're going back there. Texas takes down K-State in Manhattan, Kansas. Three-point win for the Horns. Big win. Uh, very balanced offensive attack. I mean, two bench players uh, and Serge Jabari Rice uh, and Christian Bishop put up 14 points. Uh, Timmy Allen, or no, is it Teddy? No, it is Timmy. I was right. His brother Teddy played for New Mexico State last year, but I don't think he's in college anymore. Uh, so Timmy Allen, Tyrese Hunter, and Marcus Carr all put up double digits. Horns get a big-time road win against Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, and the K-State Wildcats. We're going to read a quick message from the KR Notebook before we get back into our college basketball discussion. Uh, attention, KU community. Come celebrate Black History Month with the grand reopening and open house of the Frederick Douglass Institute on Tuesday, February 7th, with a full day of events open to the public at the Multicultural Center. Festivities begin at 10 a.m. with convocation featuring Drs. Amber Paban and James Jackson, followed by a guest lecture at 11 a.m. with Dr. Richard R. Benson from the University of Pittsburgh. Lunch will be served at 12.30 p.m., and then a fireside chat with Dr. Benson takes place at 1 p.m. The day will wrap up with an art celebration at 2.30 p.m., for questions or to learn more, contact the Office of the Chief Diversity Officer at sharer at kutztown.edu. You do not want to miss this special event. This message of is brought to you by Radio Voice of Kutztown University. Kat, you are. We are back. Final, less than, say, less than 10 minutes of today's show. Yes, sir. FAU rebounds with a win on the road by 15 over Charlotte after their loss uh, the other day to snap their, what was country's leading winning streak, uh, was against UAB. They fell uh, by nine on the road in that one, but they remounted on Saturday to get a win. Uh, Any more? Hofstra currently leads the CA after Charleston's two-game winning streak. Interesting uh, mid-major to look out there. Uh, Xavier gets a big win over St. John's. They had some traveling issues getting into play then there. Uh, other big games to look at. Duke UNC, of course. Duke gets the win 67 or 63-57 over their rivals in the heels. Uh, interesting there to monitor that. Uh, AC race. Big East, Creighton. Takes down Villanova by five. The Blue Jays continue to surge here in early February. They have won six straight. Uh, they're now nine and three in the Big East. They sit third, uh, tied with Providence, uh, who are both a game and a half back of Xavier Marquette, who are 11 and two in conference play, holding the lead more than likely. Wildcats of Villanova not going to make nope. March Madness this year. Nope. Unfortunate. Hate Unfortunate, to see it. as maybe it is the truth. It was a fun few years. One few years. A couple of national championships thrown in there. Just a couple, yeah. So, Arizona continued to roll with a dominant win over Oregon State. Not much further to talk about on that end. And wrapping up Saturday's slate of games, St. Mary's takes down Gonzaga in the WCC, a top 20 showdown there. The Gales, a team I really, really love this year, 21 4, state 9 undefeated, now 10 0 in West Coast Conference play. Gonzaga, now two games back. Uh, in danger of not winning that conference for the first time in a long time. I can't even remember how far back it was since Gonzaga lost the WCC. Yeah, they're a powerhouse. They are. Zags, Mark Few, doing a great job out there. We're going to move on to Sunday, and then we'll go into our little bit of questions. Uh, biggest games. Uh, Seton Hall gets a big win, put themselves, I'd say, firmly in the bubble line now with how well they've been playing as of late. Uh, Houston uh, got a road win. They got exacted revenge against Temple. 
Uh, and Northwestern gets a grinded out 54-52 road win at Wisconsin. That's huge for Penn State. Um, we'll talk about them. Man, they fell to lowly Nebraska on the road. Mm. Nebraska, who sits third last in the Big tw- in the Big Ten at 4-9. Tough loss for the Nittany Lions uh, <laughs> yesterday. Tominaga, 30 points for the Huskers. Led the way for them big time uh, to get that win. Um, Mitch, any questions you got for me now? As yeah. we kind of sit here in the early parts of February and we start to see the field take shape, who can get in, or who will be in firmly, who is on the bubble, and how things can change over the next couple weeks. So, I mean, you just broke down a bunch of the games. Um, so walk me through, what does it all mean? Who's the biggest movers? Who's the biggest winners? Who's the biggest losers? Well, Oklahoma's on the first four out. They suffered a giant road loss to last four in West Virginia, so the uh, Mountaineers are going to get a boost up, I think. They may be getting to the last four by section. Uh, as of currently, we'll see these teams a lot uh, move out a little bit. Oklahoma State survives, gets a big win against TCU. I think they'll still firmly be in the last four in for now. A&M got a big win at Georgia. They're going to stick in first four out as it currently stands. I like A&M. They could definitely get in when it's all said and done. Florida as well, another SEC team. Oklahoma, I think, will move down a little bit. Charleston, who was the AQ out of the Colonial, but now uh, tied with Hofstra, uh, we'll see how that takes shape. Charleston maybe gets in as a, uh, you know, as a, you know, at-large bid team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the resume to back that up, but with how dominant they've been, uh, already at 22 wins, I think. We'll see how many they fin- finish with. I thought it'd be interesting to monitor. Next four out teams. Seton Hall in there. They get a win over DePaul. I think they'll bump themselves up to the top of that next four out, if not into the bottom of the first four out. Wisconsin and Penn State with losses this past weekend in Northwestern uh, for Wisconsin. And Nebraska for Penn State, do we see them drop out of that next four out? I think Penn State will. Wisconsin might not yet because they're currently at the top of that next four out group. Tough loss for Penn State. They're going to have a little bit more work to do now if they want to get back into that you know first four out, last four in going into conference championship week. That's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sounds even good. next four out at the top of that group because if you get a couple wins, you can maybe play your way into the tournament field. But yeah, Penn State and the Nebraska loss, not going to look good on their resume. Okay. Uh, how about uh, teams in the tournament, you know, cemented themselves? Any big movers uh, up or down? Uh, Northwestern was the top of the last four by. They get a big road win at Wisconsin, winning in the Big Ten. Uh, always tough, especially on the road, especially with the defensive style uh, that, that those teams play. I think they move themselves up firmly into the field now instead of being the last four by. Uh, Memphis could slip with their loss to two lanes. So we maybe see Kentucky or West Virginia going to the last four by. Uh, I think a team, you know, there's a lot of teams that have already firmly planted their place in the tournament. I think we mm-hmm. already have. I mean, for guaranteed starters, Purdue, Alabama, Houston, Tennessee, UCLA, Arizona, um, Texas, TCU, Baylor. I mean, unless tragedy strikes, a lot of those big 12 teams towards the top are going to get in. Kansas is a lock. K-State more than likely a lock. St. Mary's, I think, will be a lock to get in. There's a lot of teams that I think have already cemented their spot uh, in the March Madness, but it's just dancing around uh, you know, some of the other teams. Big East, I think Marquette, yep. Xavier, Creighton are all going to be guaranteed to get in. Um, I think along with, you, know, you could throw in UConn will probably get in when it's all said and done for a lock. So there's a lot of teams that have already probably cemented their place on this year's tournament. I keep going through the conferences, but that would probably just waste a lot yeah. of time for our final couple minutes. No, left, we got so. a, just a couple minutes. So uh, why don't we just like last time uh, over the next couple of days? Any big games you're watching coming up? Any big games I am watching coming up? You know, there's Big Monday, Big Tuesday. Uh, I think it's Big Monday and Super Tuesday. Mm. If my phone would load, please, for the love of God. Duke, Miami. Uh, that's a big one to watch for tonight. Uh, Texas and Kansas also taking each other on. It's Allen Fieldhouse, another top 10 showdown uh, in the Big 12. Big 12, always interesting to watch. Those two are definitely games to watch for tonight. Uh, and for Tuesday, top 25 showdown, Marquette and UConn up in Connecticut. Uh, Rutgers, Indiana. 
Auburn A&M, those are two teams you know, in the field. Those three matchups for sure are going to be interesting to watch, uh, especially on Tuesday. NC State, Virginia out of the ACC, and TCU, K-State out of the Big 12. There's just five uh, games to watch on Tuesday night. Uh, and for Wednesday, we'll look at that a little bit more uh, when, when we get to the show. But Iowa State, West Virginia is certainly going to be an interesting one out of the Big 12, those two teams. Iowa State firmly in West Virginia uh, last four in right now, but they're trying to play their way up with a dominant home win against Oklahoma this weekend. Certainly help their cause in that aspect. Good stuff, Jack. Appreciate it. Uh, man, I'm excited. Uh, March Madness is quickly approaching. It's the week of the Super Bowl. A lot going on, man. It's media week, as they call it out there. So. Yes, it is. Well, we'll preview the Wednesday show a little bit right now. We're going to definitely talk about Super Bowl preview, as that'll be our last show before the big game. Uh, as always, we'll talk a little bit college basketball. And we'll be coming up will be about a week, exactly. Uh, yep. Today's 90s will be exactly a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. I'll report on a little bit tidbits there. We'll find a way to get into some debates, as we always do. But I want to take this time to thank everyone who tunes into the show, as always, your listenership, like we say all the time. Very much appreciated. It's gotten us to the spot we've been in. We are an IBS-nominated radio show uh, due to your listenership. Um, we want to thank you as the audience base because that you, we really wouldn't be able to be on this platform uh, and be able to bring this show uh, to you all out there. So once again, a big thank you to everyone who tunes thank in, very whether it's consistently or you, or this is your first time. Exactly. Uh, every Welcome. type of listenership is very much appreciated here on Heavy Hitters. Well, we are going to sign off. We will be back on Wednesday. Plenty more to talk about here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Have a good one.